Welcome to Tech Talk for Teachers. I'm your host, Paul Beckerman. Check it out. Check it out. Check it out. Check it out. What's in the toolkit? What? What is in the toolkit? What's in the toolkit? Check it out. The topic of today's episode is the answers inquiry process, step three search and seek credible information. Today, we're exploring step three in the answers inquiry process. To recap, step one was A, so the A in the answers acronym, ask questions in order to generate the guiding inquiry questions. Step two was N, or note possibilities, by conducting preliminary research to gain background information and develop a hypothesis or a guiding thesis statement. So that brings us to step three. So now we're on the S in answers, and that is search and seek credible information. In other words, we have the initial idea of what we want to know, and now it's time to go look for information that can help us answer those questions. This really is the heart of inquiry. Depending on the content area and purpose, this part of the process can look different and take several different forms. So we're going to look at five different ways that students can effectively search and seek out credible information. How do I use use integration inspiration? Integration ideas. Number one, they can conduct experiments. Science teachers are very familiar with this method of seeking answers, and it's a really powerful strategy. Through this method, students get to learn by doing and seeing firsthand the results of their tests. Technology tools can be really helpful as well in both conducting experiments and analyzing the resulting data. Spreadsheets like Microsoft Excel and Google Sheets are great for recording and manipulating the data. The Arduino Science Journal is a free app that you can find online, originally created by Google, that enables students to use their phone or other mobile devices as a sensor to collect data on motion, sound, and light. It's really powerful. When used with other external hardware, students can also conduct experiments on pressure, magnetism, heart rates, and more. There are also free online simulations such as FET, a project out of the University of Colorado Boulder, which provides many interactive simulations that students can use to test out ideas and learn concepts related to physics, chemistry, biology, and math. And they can do it virtually, so if they don't have the physical equipment, they can still engage in those experiments. Number two, students can explore primary resources. Now, primary resources are sources that have not been summarized or interpreted by someone else. They're firsthand. Because of that, students get to do the interpreting, which is really powerful. They get to be curious, ask questions, and try to figure out what the source is telling them. There are some great collections of primary resources available online. Docs Teach, for example, is a great resource for searching the thousands of primary documents from the National Archives. Students can also access primary images, text, and recordings in digital formats at the Library of Congress and the Smithsonian Institute. Many museums now provide access to their collections online as well, such as the Museum of Modern Art and the Smithsonian Archives of American Art. For links to more online museum resources and collections, see MCN's The Ultimate Guide to Virtual Museum Resources, e-learning and online collections. Number three, Students can interview and survey. 
This is a great way for students to collect their own primary data. Students can use tools like Microsoft Forms or Google Forms to create digital surveys and then use the integrated spreadsheets to study the data. This process can really facilitate the development of both communication and critical thinking skills. Number four, students can observe events. An event is actually another example of a primary resource. So this might be a one-time event, like a speech or a rally, or it could be an ongoing virtual observation, like an online live cam. For instance, the San Diego Zoo live cams and explore.org live cams provide students with the opportunity to observe animal behavior firsthand. They get to see it instead of having somebody else tell them about it. Online access can also help students attend live events virtually when they're not able to travel to that event in person. That really reduces cost and time restrictions, which opens up the opportunity to many more students. And number five, students can research online. This last one is probably the one that most people think of first. It's what most of us consider as the more traditional research process, which still is a cornerstone of the inquiry process. For a little context, before resources were available online, the size and quality of a physical library was actually one of the major factors in choosing which university you'd want to go to. That made the university have higher quality because there were more high-quality resources actually available there for people to review and research from. Before the internet, researchers had to physically go to where the books and documents were stored. The internet, however, has become the great equalizer. Now students have access to so much information that was once reserved only for the very privileged. While that access is incredibly empowering, we have to remember that it can also be a bit paralyzing. Instead of struggling to find any information at all, students are now often faced with the opposite problem of finding too much information. This is especially true when it comes to web search engines like Google or Bing. When asked to conduct research, it's very tempting for students simply to Google it and look for an answer because it's so easy. But I would argue that this is a flawed approach. Yes, web searches are incredibly powerful, but they're also vast, overwhelming, and filled with misinformation. It takes sophisticated skills to cut through the noise and find quality online content, and students aren't always as prepared to do this as they think they are. I'd suggest having students hold off on using search engines until after they explore more trusted resources and collections first. Your library media center typically is a great place to begin. The specialists in those spaces gather collections of databases and resources that are screened for quality and accuracy. They're safe places to start. When students begin here, they can develop a solid foundation upon which to build their online searches. They can learn the foundational concepts by reviewing factually accurate and carefully vetted information. Then, when they expand to more general web searches, they can compare those results to the foundational knowledge that they've already gained. It becomes a way for them to fact check what they're finding. This, together with developing skills for identifying where online content is actually coming from, what's the source, and the potential biases that are embedded in those sources, students can become better at discerning facts from misinformation. There might not be a more important research skill than this. So step three, searching and seeking information, can be one of the most exciting stages in the inquiry process. 
students actually get to go out and act on their questions. They engage their curiosity and they go look for answers. Of course, this is easier said than done, and students need to develop critical thinking skills and strategies along the way in order to be successful. But this is part of the beauty of inquiry. It's a really rich learning experience that helps our students grow far beyond specific content knowledge. To learn more about today's topic and explore other free resources, visit avidopenaccess.org. Specifically, I'd encourage you to check out the article titled Search and Seek Credible Information, Step 3 of the Searching for Answers Inquiry Process. And of course, be sure to join Rena Winston and me every Wednesday for our full-length podcast, Unpacking Education, where we are joined by exceptional guests and explore education topics that are important to you. Thanks for listening, take care, and thanks for all you do. You make a difference.